Are you ready to learn? Because my super experienced guests are ready to share some really valuable information. Make sure and listen all the way to the end to get help and support. So let's start with the best audio experience. Hello everyone and welcome to our show. Today we discuss about sponsorships, how you can get sales results, traffic with uh, finding the right sponsors. And I'm excited to discuss this topic with David Tintner. How are you? Hi, doing great. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's a big pleasure. I check out your profile. You have extended experience. So uh, even for me, it's interesting uh, to learn more about that because uh, I got a few propositions, uh, proposals, you know, to uh, become a sponsor for my podcast live stream. So <laughs> I want to take some of them. So it's interesting to learn more. Uh, possible you can show another way of using that because, you know, uh, I have my company in Ukraine. It's hard time, you know, to go ahead with many obstacles that we have today but yeah it's life and right now yeah uh, we are looking for new ways to extend our business uh, to get new customers and why not if uh, we use uh, live streams and podcasts so why not to find new sponsors before we start just tell more about your experience background and why you decided to take this topic sure um well i am the ceo and uh, co-founder of thought leaders uh thought leaders is a creator marketplace we do uh, everything related to strengthening the brand creator relationship. And what we really, really focus on today is um, sponsorships, allowing brands mm -hmm. to buy sponsorships from creators. And even more specifically, we focus heavily on YouTube as well as podcast uh, sponsorships. Um, before I founded Thought Leaders, I was a creator myself. I had a blog podcast um course program newsletter called hacking ui um and i founded that with a co-founder back in 2012 and for about five years we explored the entire uh content creation and uh, ecosystem really the beginning of the uh creator economy uh and what we realized was there weren't a lot of great ways to monetize as a creator, especially a creator who was focusing on, um, let's say like professional content, uh, business content. Um, and even though we were able to drive really good sales to um, business tools that we were using ourselves, things like um, Adobe, um, InDesign and a bunch of other design and development softwares that we were using ourselves and we were talking about, we were driving great sales from our audience to them. Um, it wasn't easy to find, let's say, like a platform or a marketplace to get deals or sponsorships with those brands. The main things that were out there back then were things like uh, PPC, uh, PPC um, uh, ads, banner ads, um, and stuff that was really valuing, let's say, like a, a cheap impression or a cheap click and less about um, converting your audience. So um, founded Thought Leaders with that in mind of if a creator can have a real relationship with a brand and drive their their audience to that brand's product or service, then they can really deliver a lot of value for that brand and get paid accordingly. Mm -hmm. Nice, nice. I think, yeah, uh, it's good to find new ways to sell products because when businesses pay attention to one two channels 
Uh, it might work for some time, but you know, any platforms uh, are developing, changing algorithms, so it's better to find new channels as well. Um, yeah, that's why I love it about sponsorships. Uh, can you tell more uh, how to start on this field? How to find the right, uh, uh, I don't know, influencers or any platforms or uh, bloggers who can uh, promote uh, and uh, share your products? And you mentioned about YouTube. Uh, why you decided to um, jump with YouTube? For example, uh, I have my YouTube channel, uh, Ukrainian channel, uh, English channel. I got uh, uh, enough uh, subscribers. Of, co of course, I want to get more. <laughs> I'm working yeah. on that. So, uh, but uh, uh, I found that on YouTube, it's hard to promote event. You need to spend uh, significant resources to get uh, attendees on your events but on linkedin i can do much uh, faster and uh, cheaper uh, so it's interesting to know why you decided to pay attention to youtube and how to find the right uh, bloggers or influencers so to that point I, I think that you touched on something really important here and that's that every um content platform um is is very different it has its own rules its own subtleties uh it's own uh, algorithm if it's algorithm driven it has you know you have to build up your own audience there your own style um so it i think to to start answering your question i would say that we realized this early on and realized that we needed to focus on on something rather than try to attack everything at once right so mm -hmm. um now within that why did we focus um primarily on youtube and that's because YouTube has, in my opinion, by far the most mature creator ecosystem. And that's really because early on in YouTube, um, they decided to start doing a rev share with the content creators from the ads that YouTube, Google, was, um, was selling. And this was really revolutionary at the time. It's crazy to me that other platforms are not doing this in it still to the same, at least the same way with the same transparency, the same um, kind of generosity, if you will. Um, the other content creation platforms are either still not doing rev share at all from their ad sales with creators, or they're doing it in kind of like roundabout ways, or only to a very small subset of creators. Um, and they're really not letting creators share in, in the upside that they're getting from the, the creators of content. Uh, YouTube did that early on, and that brought amazing content creators to YouTube very early because they saw the real potential to and the opportunity that was there. And um, with the real content creators coming in, we saw a real opportunity to give them an additional revenue stream, which was sponsorships um, baked into the actual content. In addition to what YouTube is selling directly, which is the ad roll. The, that's the ads that appear before, in the middle, they kind of like abruptly interrupt your your viewing. Um, whereas a sponsorship is is an ad that's baked in natively to the content. And when it's done really well, it feels like it's part of the content, it's something useful for the audience, and it's something that they actually enjoy. Um, so um, it's what's, what I think is really interesting today is that most content creators um, are not only on a single platform. So for, for us, even though we started really focusing on YouTube, we, we also do podcasts. Uh, many, many podcasters are doing simulcast and, and recording that podcast and, and having the recorded version appear on YouTube. 
um, and vice versa. Um, many Twitch streamers are going live on Twitch and then taking the recorded video and putting that on YouTube as well. Um, many um, people are on TikTok and then they're popping over TikToks to YouTube Shorts or Instagram Reels to YouTube Shorts and using that to drive audience as well. Content creation has really become this um, platform for entrepreneurship and, and content creators are really businesses today. So um, any one content platform is kind of, is they don't have to be um, isolated on, on just that, but that's where we started. I, I can tell why people from North Korea applaud you <laughs> because, yeah, I love uh, your word that you mentioned two times, focusing. You know, uh, I remember when uh, I started my social media growth, uh, that was in 2020, yeah, uh, when I decided to promote my English uh, uh, content. Before that, uh, I had my Russian channel, Ukrainian uh, blogs, and uh, yeah, but I decided to go uh, to English-speaking countries, and uh, mm -hmm. uh, you know, uh, in the first attempt, um, I failed to get results on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, LinkedIn, everywhere. And I got it. Okay, if I spend so much time uh, promoting all this social media to get five followers a day, not more. Uh, and then I uh, paid attention only to LinkedIn, where I could earn uh, around uh, 200 followers a day, uh, spend so much time to get it. Uh, that's why focusing is my priority. If you are good with some social media or YouTube, why you need to switch your attention to others? And yeah, uh, I think uh, when you have resources, uh, for example, like this, uh, right now we have live stream, I can convert to audio format as well, to share content on Spotify, Apple, Google, so why not? Uh, but uh, when you have only two hands, it's better to pay attention with one social media. But when you have a team who can help you, who can handle the process, so why not you can cover all the social media? Uh, I want to ask you about how to find um, the right uh, YouTube channel. Uh, who can uh, promote your products uh, to get additional insights? Uh, because we have a bunch of YouTube channels, and uh, I'm not sure that it's a good idea to reach out PewDiePie or Mr. Beast, you know, <laughs> to promote the products. Of course, I wanna take their attention, but it's really, really hard. Uh, from your experience, how to find the right influencer or blogger? Yeah, it's a big challenge. Um, I and I could say this is. Um, a, a huge reason why we build thought leaders and, and a huge problem that we work on every day with our um, with our users. Um, so to find the right, let's say, creator to work with, right? We first have to kind of define what is right. And I think that for most of the brands, nearly all of the brands that we work with, right for them is they want to do sponsorships that are driving sales um there there isn't a lot of let's say brand awareness uh advertising still in, in the sponsorship space uh it's very heavy performance focused which means that the brands who are doing it are looking to um pay a dollar and get back you know a dollar fifty um they so if if we're saying that it, uh, the right creator for a brand is one that can give them a positive return on their ad spend, then we have to think, okay, so what are some ways that we can reduce the risk 
and have the best chance of getting that positive return, even though the sponsorship deal is not guaranteed. Sponsorship deals are, are almost always sold at a fixed price that the brand is agreeing to before the sponsorship goes live. And regardless of any performance they get from it, regardless of any sales, any views the video gets, downloads the episode gets, they're gonna pay that price. Um, so at Thought Leaders, we found a really interesting signal for predicting success. And that is um, competitive intelligence and tracking which brands have already sponsored that creator and then whether or not they are repeating. So our, our signal is basically, if there is repetition from a brand with a, with a content creator, then we can make the logical conclusion that something is working for them. Um, what we do with Thought Leaders is we remove a bit of the noise because it's possible that a brand bought upfront a, let's say a three video sponsorship or three episode uh, podcast deal. Um, so we remove a bit of the noise to show what were actual like renewals. And we give a view that allows um, us to quickly go through channels and find channels that have repetition from brands that would make sense, either they're my competition, or even if they're not my direct competition, brands that would make sense for me to kind of latch on to their marketing strategies. That could be because they have a similar price point or similar audience that they're going after. Um, the second thing that we do, and um, is arguably more important, and, and you know, if you don't have this, then the rest doesn't matter, is we wanna find um, content creators who are already talking about stuff related to your brand, where your brand can fit in really nicely. Because I believe more than anything else, it's important for that creator to really want to endorse that brand, for that creator's audience to really um, be interested in the topic and to be able to latch on to that creator's endorsement and say, okay, I'm, I'm going to go and I'm going to buy this product because you know, this is the stuff I was already interested in. Uh, for example, a, if, if there's a brand who is selling, um, direct to consumer, um, uh, knives, right. So, so finding, let's say a creators who are doing cooking shows and they're using knives and they can talk about it, um, would be, could be an amazing fit. Um, so the other thing that we do is we do deep analysis of the content that the creators are producing. And that involves not just looking at, let's say the metadata, like the titles of videos or episodes, but actually um, looking and analyzing the transcripts of all the content that they've produced and searching and filtering for, for different keywords and different topics that are appearing to see which creators are already talking about things that are relevant to my brand. If I have both of those, if I have content relevancy and I have signals of other brands um, repeating, which means having success with this creator, then I have a very good chance that this is gonna work. But with sponsorship, the other thing I would I would add to it is that it's still a risk. It's always a risk. Um, that's a, that's a good thing for brands though, because brands are paying a fixed price and they're taking that risk. They they will lose sometimes. Sometimes things won't work out for them. But when they win, when they find a creator that works really well for them and drives them positive return on their ad spend, they can win really big. There's there's no ceiling on how big they can they can win. Um, and even more than that, once you find a creator that works, you can really double down on that relationship and book them out for additional sponsorships, um, make that relationship even tighter by maybe even um, 
doing uh, some sort of like affiliate deal as well, where you're letting the creator share in the upside of the sales that they're driving. Um, a really mature, let's say, brand creator relationship might even involve a a brand uh, doing white label kind of um, uh, product line for that creator, like allowing the creator to, in, in, in the knife example, maybe the creator is making their own um, line of knives that's going to be produced by the brand and they're going to sell that. Um, you know, you mentioned Mr. Beast before. I mean, I mean, he's been mm -hmm. absolutely great at this, um, you know, with his own restaurant chain and all sorts of things. Um, so um, once a brand finds a creator that really works for them, they can double down and make that relationship a, a, a really long-term relationship and continue to win. Mm -hmm. Yeah, interesting. Can you share more about measurement? Uh, for example, uh, I remember when Neil Patel uh, shared that he spent uh, 100K uh, for TV advertisement and got uh, nothing else. Uh, got, uh, uh, he didn't get any sales you know, from uh, these partnerships. And uh, after that, he increased uh, sponsorships in 10 times. You know, uh, I got uh, the same study from IHRFs. Uh, and... Uh, they spawn uh, they you know pay uh, for sponsorships uh, with audio podcasts and they couldn't measure uh, how many sales they can get in most cases they want to get more uh, you know like to create brand awareness uh, to think more about uh, building their brand name uh, uh, and increase uh, recognition but it's hard to measure these sales can you tell more? Because you mentioned that uh, businesses want to invest a dollar and uh, get a dollar half back. Uh, I think in mm -hmm. most cases they want to get ten dollars back and hundred dollars back. You know, <laughs> it's hard to, to do it today in, in um, this such competition. But I'm interested about this measurement. Uh, how to find that uh, this kind of content uh, can help me? It's related to my uh, products. And uh, how do I know that uh, all sales are coming from? this type of videos on YouTube? So there's a few ways that brands can um, immediately start measuring. Um, number one is um, with YouTube specifically, you can actually give the creator a link to, to use. Um, creators, we typically demand from creators or ask from creators is that they put the link to the sponsorship within the first two lines of the video's description. That way it appears above the fold on desktop on YouTube and it's clickable. Um, in addition to that, we also like to use links, um, we call vanity URLs, links that are easy to, to recognize, um, rather than, you know, let's say like, you know, bit.ly slash seven, five, eight, two, whatever. Right. Uh, we like to use a vanity URL that could be like, um, you know, the brand name slash, uh, Joe, right. If you're on the Joe Rogan podcast or something like that, um, that way the creator can actually show the link in the video itself and say it and it's easy to remember to remember um a link allows you to um let's say go to a custom landing page uh so i definitely recommend for brands that are getting into sponsorship that they're able to set up unique landing pages and they're using some sort of landing page builder software unbounce something like this to um make a unique landing page for every sponsorship that they're doing at least for every creator if not every sponsorship um and then they can really track traffic to those pages, you know, just Google Analytics tracking different page traffic, uh, page visits, and they can actually follow that funnel and understand people that how many people are landing on that creator's specific page, and um, and then what's happening to them as they move further down their funnel. Um, 
The other way that a lot of brands uh, track this stuff is if they don't want to go, let's say, specific landing pages, um, is using discount codes, coupon codes, uh, giving unique coupon codes to creators. The problem with that, uh, or one of the problems, it's, it's a good method and it definitely works, but one thing to be aware of is that there's a lot of um, leakage, if you will, of, of coupon codes, which um, there's there's a lot of like coupon code sites out there that are, are just like scraping the internet and trying to find coupon codes and then listing them. So uh, it's not necessarily a bad thing for the business that you know more people are using your coupon code than just the people who start your sponsorship, but it can be misleading for your the, the systematic uh, optimization of your sponsorship campaign. If you think a sponsorship is working really well, and really what happened was that it leaked out to some coupon site, and that's where the traffic is coming from. Um, the last thing that happens a lot, and it depends on the type of product and what type of service, is um, brands are putting um, post-purchase surveys on the site. Like it can be just a simple questionnaire of like, how did you hear about, how did you get here? How did you hear about this? Um, that's not, you know, ideal on its own because people might not fill it in. And even more than that, if you're doing that, you need to be, you want that to be something really easy to fill in. It's like a single question, but you need the answers, the possible answer choices to be um, both robust enough so that you can actually do tracking from it, but also simple enough so that people can fill it in. So, if you're doing a, a major sponsorship program um, and you're running on multiple platforms and tons of different creators, maybe that would help you track. Like if someone came from YouTube or podcast, you can ask them something like that, but it might be difficult to list out every single YouTube sponsorship you did and every single podcast sponsorship you did and have someone pick that. Uh, those are all methods for tracking. Those, uh, especially if you combine them can work really, really well and give you really good insight into the performance that this type of advertising is driving. Mm -hmm. Yeah, got it. Uh, can you tell uh, the minimum amount of episodes or videos uh, it's better to order? Because uh, I think if you order just one, uh, yeah, from good uh, YouTuber, you know, with high engagement, but it might not work. From your experience, uh, what's the minimum amount and uh, uh, what's the average data it's better to use? Yeah, I'll share more about that. Well, what brands want to do is they want to have the least upfront commitment in order to mm -hmm. test if something is working. And then when and then if it is working, only then double down on it. Um, but in order to give a proper test if something is working, it it probably requires, um, in the case of YouTube, I would say two or three videos from a creator to really give it a proper test. Now, depending on the creator's size and the average views that they're getting, um, that's that's how we price sponsorships. Is we have an internal algorithm we use for for predicting the views that we expect the very next video that the creator would produce would get within the first forty-five days, and we price sponsorships based off of that. Um, just setting kind of like certain different standard cost per views for depending on the, the category, the sponsorship history. Um, we actually built a sponsorship calculator on Thought Leaders that does a lot of this stuff. Um, and it's open if anyone wants to try it. Um, so depending on the price of a, a single sponsorship, it might be really prohibitive for a brand to upfront commit to two or three or, or more videos. Um, so, some, so a lot of cases, brand will only try one. What I would say in the case of only trying one, is that 
recognize that you're basically this is like the absolute minimum commitment that you can do mm -hmm. from which means that the creator is also you know giving their minimum commitment to making this relationship happen and what a brand is really doing when they're buying a sponsorship is trying to leverage the creator's power over their audience creator's influence over their audience so a creator is not going to give um the you know go all in and do everything they possibly can to influence their audience to purchase this product if the brand is like you know only dipping its toes in the water and not really committing to having a serious relationship so that can be okay but i would just say from a brand's point of view in the example the brand that wants to get let's say 150 percent return on ad spend on every sponsorship they buy if they're doing a single video and after you know 30 days it came out um, and they're looking at the return on ad spend they got, and it's not quite where they wanted it to be. What I would have that brand consider in order to determine if this is something that can be optimized in a relationship that can be worked on together is, first of all, it, how did the video perform in terms of views it got? Um, was that our, on pace with our expectation of what we, what we projected on pace with its averages? Um, uh, if so, then okay. If not, then let's let's calculate and let's think like, Assuming statistically speaking, we continue to do it and videos continue to perform average and not below average, then what would this have been? Second thing I would say is, um, can keep in mind that as a, as a creator is showing that product or that service off to their audience more and more, um, the audience will start to recognize it and there will be more purchases. Not everyone will purchase in the very first time that they, that they heard of this. Um, now a brand that has a massive sponsorship program already right let's say that your your skillshare or uh, hellofresh or something like that that is you know mm -hmm. all over youtube already when they're evaluating a new creator they can say you know a large portion of this 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 uh youtubers audience already heard about our brand from other channels that we sponsor so if no one is buying in the first time uh, or at least not at levels that we would normally like to see, then that's probably a stronger indication for them that this is not gonna work and not a relationship, as opposed to a brand that doesn't have, you know, that massive sponsorship program already, and most of the audience is seeing this brand and hearing about them for the first time. Um, the last thing I, I would say is that keep in mind that just in terms of pricing, sponsorship is, is not, there's no standardized pricing for this, right? Um, creators and brands are negotiating uh, back and forth to find um, the, to set prices on the deals they do and the triggers for that negotiation can vary. And there's a lot of them. So if a brand is coming and saying, I will only buy one video from you with no commitment. And you know, it's the first one we're doing brands not really offered the creator a whole lot of, of extras here or, you know, any real reason for the creator to start lowering the price and be much more competitive. Um, a brand can dangle the the idea of a of a potential future renewals in front of that creator, but you know that's really theoretical and that's not under the creator's control. Um, the creator, at the end of the day, can you know do their best on a sponsorship, and the brand still might not renew if it's not committed upfront. So if the brand is willing to go and commit a bit more to that creator, then they have a bit more leverage on this deal, and that can help them in the negotiation. So let's say a creator says, you know, a video. A sponsorship for me costs a hundred dollars and brands like mm, i don't know it's a bit high if the brand can offer you know three or five videos right then they then they can come back and say look instead of you know five hundred dollars for five videos can we get that for 350. and now we're talking now the creator has some real incentive to give a better unit rate on it 
and that itself can help um, really give a better chance of the sponsorship working. Mm-hmm. Okay, love it, love it. Uh, David, I have the question about the technical aspect. How to find these uh, influencers? You mentioned that uh, they need to be related to your business, you know. But, you know, uh, I'm interested about uh, in practical tips. For example, do I need to search them manually uh, by using keywords or, or uh, I don't know, to use rec- uh, recommendations or some tools? Any, any tips how to find the right influencers? Yeah, well, I can tell you what we do at Thought Leaders. I mean, this is um, you know, the core of Thought Leaders uh, Marketplace is um, a really serious discovery engine for this, right? So what we did at mm-hmm. Thought Leaders is we we um, uh, track basically um, everything that's happening on YouTube with creators that are sponsorable. Um, mm-hmm. with, with a, today, we have a pretty um, uh, major bias towards English language content. Uh, but that will be expanded. But within that world of like, let's say, sponsorable creators that um, are doing English language content, uh, we're doing is we're saving all of the content and the and we're transcribing what they're doing. Uh, we're updating the views, and we're um, we basically built this engine that allows us to search and filter for the things that we need. The second aspect of it is. Um, getting in touch with the creators right because let's say you so you're saying technically how do i how do i get a sponsorship deal done right so first thing that we do is we're looking through the leaders platform from all of the the let's say like the youtube channels that are sponsorable and we're saying who has good content who has um competitors that have done sponsorships and repeated with them all right i got a list of these are the the content creators that i think would be like great fit for me but will they actually work with me that's i don't know so what we do is um, then we reach out to those content creators. Um, we built up a, a large contact uh, database as well. And today, Thumbleters has about 5,000 different uh, creators that are that are uh, linked up to us. Um, but even if, if you're not, and if you're not using Thought Leaders, you know, creators, for the most part, if they're doing sponsorships, they want to be found, right? They're, they're listing emails on their social profiles. Um, they, I mean, this is their business. Um, in that outreach to a creator, what I would say is I would be really specific about what you're looking for and what you're, um, what you're, let's say, like willing to give, because creators are getting a lot, a lot of spam emails, and they're trying to weed through the noise. Um, we have a talent management program, and we manage the inboxes for creators because creators and you would not believe these inboxes i mean i'm talking like every second you know just ping 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 so much spam so it got to the point that creators are like look i i just need someone to like filter through this and find the actual real deals for me and then we could decide if i even want to do that but i like even just managing my inbox is just an absolute nightmare so keeping that in mind when you're reaching out to a creator you need to be you know very straightforward um very clear about what you want what you're looking for what you're willing to give uh and then you'll have the best chance in getting them to respond to you um and um and i I think that's it um it's if you don't want to use any sort of tool for discovery there are other tools in addition to thought leaders 
that can give you like the search and the filtering functionality. Uh, you can definitely do this just by going on YouTube and and doing some uh, searching. Uh, just a bit more manual and you know a little bit more uh, time intensive to, uh, to to really find the stuff that you want to work with. Um, the other thing I would mention though, before you're doing like you know mass outreach or something to creators, is really make sure that you resonate with the content that they're producing and that you want your brand to be. Um, associated with them, with their audience, and you can picture what it would be like to be inside of that content and endorsed by them. And if you found that creator, then share that with them. Explain why that your brand can be or would be such a great fit for their audience and how something would look. Um, you definitely, as a brand, don't want to be telling a creator or scripting for a creator the, the sponsorship. You don't want to tell them, like, read this text off because the whole thing you're, you're kind of paying for here and the way that sponsorships work really well is if you can leverage the creator's influence over their audience. So you want it to feel natural, you want it to actually be coming from them, but it definitely helps if you can explain to the creator why it was it would be such a good fit. Uh, I'm not sure if it's on my end. Is it, are you muted? I don't hear anything. Oh, sorry for that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah. Right now it's okay. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, and you know, uh, I think everyone needs to learn more about uh, how to handle spam. Uh, I get hundred emails a day. You know, on LinkedIn messages a lot. You know, most of them are spam. Uh, and yeah, but uh, it doesn't take uh, so much time. You know, to uh, to leave them, you know, I usually scan and check out. So yeah, understand it. Okay. Uh, can you tell more about um, submitting uh, content to YouTube video? For example, okay, we can get the link uh, in the description in the first line. Uh, we can add to the pinned comment. Uh, but uh, how to add actually uh, some context in the video? Uh, it's better to start from the beginning or uh, uh, use uh, as mentioned uh, during the video or in the end. Can you tell more insights uh, where we get more? Uh, if we uh, ask content creators to uh, add videos uh, on their content. So you're referring to where the sponsorship should be within yes. the content. So I think, uh, first of all, there's no, let me say there's no one right answer. Let me start with that. Mm -hmm. And I could give some of the things that I would consider as a content creator about where I would do it. Um, First of all, it depends on the, the length of the content and the type of content you're producing, right? If you're doing, um, you know, like a kind of a short form, like a four minute video, right? I probably wouldn't do the first 60 seconds of it being an ad. Um, I mean, just the ratio from your users, that might, that from your viewers and your audience, I might really turn them off and um, not, you know, give enough value uh, up front and before you try to, you know, pitch them something or sell them something. Um, but let's say like a YouTuber is doing, I don't know, 15, 18 minute videos. They're fairly educational or instructional. Um, what I would do in that case, and again, no one right answer, but this is just how I would think about it is I would start off my videos with the content that the, the video is going to be about, get into it, uh, and be really, really put a hook in there for my viewers that like something awesome is coming in this video um, and make sure that hook really sinks and that they're gonna want to stick it out before I start the, the ad or the sponsorship. 
Um, I would like to start that ad or the sponsorship fairly early on though. Let's call that within like the first maybe minute. In the case, I'm talking again about like a 15 minute total long video. So let's say we can have a 60 second opening with an awesome hook. Then the sponsorship uh, kicks off and I would do that for something like maybe 45 seconds, maybe 60 seconds to really be um, able to explain why this brand is useful or this product is useful for my audience and give my own take on it in my own words, explaining how I actually use that product and why I think it might be good for them. Go on with the rest of the video. Um, and then near the end of the video, I would mention it again. And the last thing I would do is I would make sure that in my um, mentions of the brand, I've been very, very clear about the call to action, the, CD, the CTA. And that I've said, you know, whether it's, it's you know, pointed down here and said the link is in the description, click it, or I've put it up um, on a card on the screen, a clickable link even over the video, even better. Um, and in both cases, in my mention at the beginning of the video, and my mention at the end of the video, I would be really, really clear about giving the user a way to take action when they see that sponsorship. Mm -hmm. Nice, nice, got it. Um, thanks a lot, David. It's a big pleasure to get you on my show, to learn from you, uh, to uh, get more information about sponsorships. Uh, tell our audience how they can reach out to you, learn more about you, follow you. Um, well, uh, thoughtleaders.io, you can check out everything that we're doing. Um, and you can reach out to me personally on LinkedIn. Um, mentioned you like LinkedIn as well. Uh, so David Zintner, find me on LinkedIn. Uh, also on Twitter, um, DM Tintner. Um, mm -hmm. And yeah, would, anything I can do to help, I uh, would be happy to hear from everyone. Okay, guys, you can find all these links in the description below. Listen us on Apple, Google, Spotify. Thanks again for your time. It's a big pleasure to learn uh, this way of marketing because I love learning. I love testing new channels. I love check, uh, checking out how it works for me. So I think uh, all businesses need to find new ways, especially when we have this uh, world overwhelmed, overpriced, pay-per-click might not work today uh, as my, uh, new channels. And uh, I think it's better to be to be early adopter in many channels. So uh, I think YouTube is not first channel, uh, is not the first adoption, but yeah, uh, we have a lot of opportunities there. Thanks for listening to this entire podcast. Please rank your experience in Apple, Spotify, Google, or any other platforms that you may use. Also, please share your ranking mark on chat at seotools.tv to get a special gift. We'll see you soon on other valuable audio podcasts.